The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and drip it. The champ is here. I must be the champ is here i'm gonna continue to stand with the people the champ is here i will I'm not, not, not lose. lose yes yes welcome 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 you could have been anywhere in the world but you are here with we i got my man mh chilling <laughs> <Cheer. laughs> And, I, and I'm EJ, right? So we all over the place right now today, man. But listen, we are black as sports, man. And this is going to be comical because we just, it's just one of them days, man. So today feels like a Monday because the operator is definitely doing um, doing the most. But hey, we are the, uh, the culture that won't shut up and dribble, bringing you the best interviews in the game and in the boardroom. And today uh, we want to welcome our guests, all right? So We've all heard the thing, you know, there's a thin line between sports and entertainment, right? So you got actors and singers that want to be athletes, and you got athletes and uh, that want to be entertainers. So we have someone that's going to speak to that and take us on that journey. So Colorado, Denver, Colorado, please stand up and clap it up for CJ Hammond. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming to the show, man. Appreciate it, appreciate it. All right, man. So how we start the show, all right, is a shoot your shot moment, okay? So this is where you... Give us a brief story about how you shot your shot at any point in life. It could have been even at an early age. It could have been, you know, now in the career that you've chosen currently. But just a moment where you went for it all and you bet on yourself. I mean, basically everything that I'm doing out here right now is betting on myself. Uh, I've been out here in L.A. for eight years now, and it's been nothing but bets on myself. I didn't have any prior uh, background in any entertainment. Uh, I've just went through it and decided at 25 to come out here and just start modeling, acting. And then over the last few years, I've gotten into singing, which was a talent I always had, but I didn't really pursue. And I gave it everything I had and I'm still doing that. So that's all I've ever really known, honestly, now uh, for my whole adult life is just to put bets on myself. And it's worked out well so far. So I'm, I'm blessed to say that. There we go. So we're definitely going to get into that, man. But yeah. it may take from here. Yeah, before we get into it, we're going to kind of start with a little bit of your background, CJ. Uh, and so this, this is a, a sports show. We'll get into it. But kind of tell me about your love for sports, where that started kind of growing up in Denver, Colorado. Man, uh, I grew up over in Green Valley. Um, so that was uh, I, I played pretty much like the, the big three, I guess you'd say, football, baseball and basketball. And those were my loves uh, like all the way through high school, really. Um, high school after what my sophomore year, it was decided that I wasn't going to grow any taller. God didn't grant me that. So um, it was kind of it was kind of like decided then that my career was going to probably be in something else. And so um, football and baseball were what I decided to continue to pursue. And I went actually played at a, a Grossmont Junior College in um in San Diego, California, and uh, a bunch of injuries led me back to Northern Colorado where we linked up and once again, more injuries. And then basically by my sophomore year of college, it was injury prone and I was done. But I mean, athletics were literally my life from the age of, well, ever since probably five years old until 22, 21, 22, it's all I ever knew and it's all I ever thought about. I literally thought until the day, even at Northern Colorado, I could have sworn I was going to go, you know, to the league. But um, <laughs> it's, it, you know, when your body starts breaking down on you, things become more apparent. But athletics were and continue to be, it's a strong part of me because I, I believe it develops a strong foundation in people because you have this the dedication and the systems in place. But it's all I've really ever known. But now that it, it, it applies nicely to what I do now. Awesome. So who put the ball in your hand or the bat in your hand or, or the jump shot? Who, who kind of started that off for you? Absolutely. My father. Um, I, and this is the funny part is, is because he probably wouldn't want me to say this, but he <laughs> he's a wrestler. You know, he's he's five, eight. He told me that he played offensive line in, in, in high school. So I know that this is not this is not something that was happening. But um, he was a baseball was honestly that was my big thing. Baseball was the one that we really had a love for. And I still always will. There's an intricacy about the sport that I just love. But um, he was definitely the one. My mom's always been a supporter. But um, that was definitely when I got started. Football, baseball and basketball, literally up. And I grew quickly, man. I was I thought I was literally going to be six, four, six, five. And um, I was like that kid in that fifth grade picture that was above everybody else. But that didn't happen. <laughs> 
<laughs> Talk to me a little bit about baseball, man. You, you, you touch on a topic that we've talked about a little bit on the show about getting more, more, more diversity in the sport, particularly black athletes. And you mentioned the intricacies of, of baseball in the sport. What was that word? I, I don't know, man. Okay. I had two speeches. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. It starts with an I. That's it. Hey, <laughs> I get it. But, nah. uh, yeah, just tell me about, you know, kind of what your, what's your thought about kind of, you know, blacks in, in playing baseball. Man, you know what? It, it It's a shame to me that it seems to be that it's more so that baseball is becoming a sport or has is a sport that's similar to hockey in which – I guess you could say it about football, too, but it just seems like it's a pay to play, um, you know, with the traveling tournaments and the ways to get seen. And it's more of a, a, a wealthy sport. But there are some incredible talents. Um, and I didn't really see any athletes like myself or of color um, when I grew up playing. I mean, coming from Colorado, you probably don't see much diversity in general. <laughs> but uh, I really didn't see any other athletes of color, even when I was traveling for tournaments in high school and whatnot. And if it was, it was definitely. And, you know, it was always that thing like they're a base stealer. They're, they, you know, they get they get brought into, you know, pinch run. I mean, um, I'm trying to think when he first came about. But I mean, I've I've literally baseball was the beginning. Um, uh, Buck O'Neill, who was the first uh, Negro Leagues manager like that was like I grew up on like a lot of history uh, with baseball. Yeah. So that was my big thing. And um, like Ozzy Smith, he was another one like, doing backflips, taking the field like that was what inspired me. A bunch of those guys, Bo Jackson. I mean, he did both, but um, I didn't see anything. And even when I got into college, I still didn't really see much of anything. But guys like Andrew McCutcheon to me were yeah. the evolution of, of the, the athlete to take that to the next level. And um, I wish there was more of it. It still seems though that the, what you see is like a lot of guys that they're actually from the Dominican. They might have the color resemblance of someone that's African-American and they have Absolutely. the descendancy, but, I, but it's really, it's more so a lot of Dominican players or, or someone that's not really from, you know, African-American background. So, I would love to see it because I think it's more so just having the opportunities to do so. Well, they're actually spending that time and that money to actually send players, develop them, watch them down there and like, you know, bring them up. And, you know, I don't know how much of that is done because I guess we have a traditional college system, but you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how they did that. So growing up in Denver, man, you touched on that a bit. So how was high school and, and being involved in these sports in the Denver, Colorado time? Uh <laughs> So for as you know, Denver people, um, if you know, uh, if you know, um, I mean, so I grew up in Green Valley, and I could honestly say now, going through everything that's what's been the last year, and everybody knows of you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, growing up where I grew up, I was probably one of the luckiest kids I could ever think of because to me it was a utopia. We had black, white, Asian and everything. And then as I got older, my parents um, wanted to move away from what was going on for a better educational system. So by the time I got to high school, it was predominantly I went to I went pretty much to an all white high school. Um, I was one of I want to say like 15 black kids what? in school. May, may, what was that? What high Chatfield. school? I went to Chatfield. And um, so by the time I was in eighth grade, I was I mean, I'm you know, I guess you can boast on a, the show a little bit, but I was I was good. And mm -hmm. um, you had, you know, what was it at that time? It was a little bit less, but recruiting. And so Lin Lindell had just got there, Lindell White and Sean White and all them. And they, you know, this was, I think, the year after they had won the state championship. Mm -hmm. And so going into it, I was really excited. And I was the I was the guy from my freshman squad that got brought up and it felt almost like the anointing of the, the second coming. Well, right. Dave Logan left. And so the whole yeah. team that I mean, of, of players that were truly next level type players went to Mullen. And I decided to stick it out because, one, I really wasn't going to get a scholarship from Mullen and my parents didn't have the finances to 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 do that. So I just stuck it out, but I had no other players around me that, 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 I mean, I, there were great players. Don't get me wrong. And one of them uh, actually went to go on and play in the league, but um, the Zach, level of Zach Taylor. No, Zach Robinson. Zach Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. He, which is, I'm still friends with him to this day. He's an exception. He's a coach for the Rams now, quarterback coach. Yeah. Um, he's a great dude. And um, 
there just wasn't the level of talent. When you have your linemen at 170 to 185 and you're about the size of your linemen, to be <laughs> a running back is not going to go there. So, you know, um, <laughs> that was not, you know, after I would say my freshman year, I, I could have sworn I was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then after that, it was trying to figure out where I fit and, you know, how I was going to get to the next level. But, I mean, it was definitely one of the harder things because there was nobody else of like there was no diversity there and especially on the team. So that was another difficult thing because it came from things like in the weight room, what we're listening to. You know, if I'm putting on rap, they're one of putting on hard rock and country and I, you know, things like that. So, I mean, it's all the small things, little intricacies, but all those little things actually helped to make a team, which is why teams like Mullen were great because you had a lot of diverse backgrounds coming together, but really still all coming together. Awesome. Yeah. I, I know, uh, uh, the Chaffield days we played in high school. I went to Overland high school. We played Lindell the year that they won. We should have beat them. And then the next year, I think we played you guys as well. And it was a totally different roster. Cause like you said, Dave Logan was gone. So I, I was able to put up a couple of stats and uh, get to Northern Colorado. Thanks to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can thank our head coach for that. I ain't going to put out names, but uh, no, it was definitely a different story by then. And I mean, once he left, honestly, the program went through a big struggle. I'm talking about, you know, everybody leaving. And honestly, the the, the program built itself back up, but it's a, in a, a completely different style. At the, I mean, high school football has changed now anyways, and football in general, the type of offenses that are being run, but different time. Yeah. So moving into junior college and then eventually on to, to Northern Colorado, then, you know, I think CSU you finished off with um, – just talk to me about the journey of college. Uh, it's, it's a big transition for everybody, but especially when you make kind of multiple stops there. And man, recruiting process, yeah, right? Recruiting process, for sure. Recruiting process was actually really fun. I think uh, going into my senior year, I pictured myself, you know, um, I went to, I remember thinking that it was going to be K-State. Um, and then, you know, the smaller one uh, AA offers and stuff like that, like Fort Hayes and all that stuff, which is, it gets exciting. But going into my senior year, I just... I went to my seven on sevens and I just pictured the biggest, grandest things. Well, first game of the year, uh, one of the guys that I trained with that actually went to go on and play at uh, San Diego State, Andrew Preston. Uh, back then, like horse collars weren't really a thing, but literally <laughs> tore my ankle up within the first. It was in the first quarter. And uh, I remember they brought out the little um, tuning fork to see if I broke my ankle, but I just tore every ligament up in my ankle. And pretty much my senior season, I would ultimately call a wash. And so it was pretty apparent then after then that the schools that I went uh, went from talking to, you know, Division One schools to you're hoping you can get Fort Lewis or something like that. And it's no disrespect. It's just the the, the, the level of reality. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was decided. I got in touch with um, a junior college, Grossmont. And Grossmont at the time, I think they had just won the national championship down here. And one of the coaches out there I was in constant contact with, but it was, it was, I, I'm not going to lie. Like if you're in Colorado, especially like where, I mean, compared to having to, you know, grow up on your own, I was pretty sheltered in the sense of when I got out there, I didn't have anybody. And I was living in, a, in an apartment with uh, two other dudes and I really didn't have an adjustment period. I went from, I graduated and I think I was out there Four weeks later, I was already living the life and going through, you know, two days and everything. Well, uh, what was it? Right before spring ball, or sorry, right before um, the beginning of the season, it was uh -huh. the most simple drill. And you got everybody coming out to. Uh, that's the thing is, is there's great players there that get recruited out of junior college, but anybody can really play because you're allowed to. And um, <laughs> It was in it was in seven on sevens. I literally broke my nose in half and all the way over here um, because some genius decided that to come at the ball. He was coming across with the, like a, you know, the cross, the, the, cross. the forearm shiver right there. <laughs> the forearm shiver. And um, so I broke my nose like in half and um, I had to come back to Colorado. I had surgery. And I went back and this is probably the stupidest thing, but I just wanted to play so bad. I came back to first day of pads. Very first day, Kate helmet came down, cracked my nose, broke me again. And so it was decided then that I was going to have to gray shirt. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to gray shirt. I don't want to do this. I so, I, yeah, and I didn't. Yeah, what gray shirt is medical, like red shirt for that. And 
I didn't want to do it. So I, I was trying to figure out the quickest way to play. And I just I kind of got homesick because I was not doing anything. I was just being a student in junior college in, in California. Like I'm not saying like it's just a different group of people. Like it's not <laughs> it's, it's, it's people kind of finding their own way. And so you could you got got you. You know, we also last chance you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I went back to uh, northern Colorado, and that's when, um, you know, I walked on there. And honestly, at that time, um, I was excited to be back with it and um, then went through spring ball and everything. And this is the part that probably um, this is the part that nobody knows and that I'm, I'm still embarrassed to this day about. The reason why I transferred to CSU is because I was playing in the intramural leagues. And I once again, the ankle that I messed up in high school, I, I thought I broke my ankle. I had to go to the emergency room. I didn't tell anybody. I lied right. to the coaches. And I can say that now remove whatever 10 years it's been. But, <laughs> um, and I just I just remember thinking, like, what are you doing? And for whatever reason, it was just in my head that I was like, all right, well, if this is going to be the last run, then we're going to go for it. Right. So I transferred up to CSU. Um, I, what was it? Like Coach Ellers or something. We're trying to, to we're trying to walk on there, and they got my medical reports from whatever his name was. He told them the God honest truth because they called him about me, and but I went through everything, the paperwork and everything to get going. And by the time I got up to CSU, start just started the walk on stuff, and they they said we got your medical reports, man. I'm sorry, you're done. And it was the biggest crush to me. Like I was crushed because all you do is identify as an athlete. If you're no longer yeah. an athlete, you don't really know what to do. And a lot of people even do that after professional sports. So I was lost and I just drank my ass off and <laughs> I I didn't know what to do after that. But it was it was an experience. But honestly, because by that time I had played, I was playing baseball in um, at, at my junior college as well, because you can you can do that. Still, I was I was playing both there and I was like, well, do I try to go play baseball with Northern Colorado? But it was pretty much just decided I was like, I, you know, just stay here and just be a student, you know, just get your education. And that's kind of how it all ended, sadly. Just a bunch of injuries. Man, that's the part of the sports they don't tell all the time, man. Man, you, you also touched on the big thing about just kind of the, the mental health that happens with athletes when you, are, you kind of lose some of your identity a little bit there, man. That, that's that's a big subject that we're talking about more, more openly now, yeah. but it, it's always been there. And it's just like that, that part of it is, you know, you work so hard on this aspect, right? So like we work and trained to make it to each level. And when you're not doing that, it's such a void to like, okay, what am I supposed to do? And there's nothing that, you know, satisfies that there's no tools that they've developed yet for us to like, say, okay, like I'm out, you know, this season. And I lost like a really good friend in high school went through that same thing. Senior year, right? Like it's supposed to be the year you're supposed to do all these things and you out for the season. Yeah. And then like, like you said, all of those things that were happening about the, the schools that were looking at you, those offers that you were supposed to be getting and you know, your team is progressing and fighting through things. And you're just sitting, just chilling there. So it's tough. Bro. I, I respect people like, um, was it Myron roll, man? Like that just decided, like, I'm, 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 this is, I'm going to pursue, you know, got, got a road scholar. Like those are the guys now that I see that had the, 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 the foresight to understand that it's bigger than this. Although this is a big thing, it's, it can be bigger than this because if my identity is centered around one thing and one thing solely, it's a long road to try to find that after. And I mean, you've seen it. How many times have we seen that from athletes? They get done and then you see them arrested or you see them at the bottom of the barrel back out on the street sometimes, you know, going through things. And it's really sad. I mean, we end up a lot of times laughing at that shit, but it's really sad. Yeah, 100%, <laughs> man. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know what the situation was, but, you know, uh, somebody that graduated from Northern Colorado, Vince Jackson. Tampa you know, Bay Bucks. RIP, you know, obviously, you know, you know, was going through some things after, after a long career playing football. So it's, it's a real, it's a real thing, man. Absolutely. All right, man. So we want to jump in the game. Uh, uh, just kind of talking more about your career, what you're up to right now. I mean, we're ultimately going to get to your platform, which is the good stuff. So, you know, it's going to be interesting how we do this, because um, what you're ultimately doing, what we're going to talk about in your platform is a little bit of this. But let's stick to like what you have going on now, like what keeps you busy? You know, I mean. You're a model, actor, singer. Boy, I mean, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you, you, you slash on him, man. <laughs> I, know, and I mean, I think that's the hard part about this is because um, 
it's a it's a good and a bad thing. It's never bad to be a, a triple threat or whatever they, they call it. Like I think I hear that a lot, but it's also really hard in this day and age because of platforms like Instagram or whatever social media. A lot of people like to try to box you into one thing. And so for you, and I think the biggest thing in in Hollywood is to remember that you are undefinable. As much as anybody would like to call you one thing, you need to be a jack of all trades. So for me, um, the career it started in modeling, which is modeling is I'm not going to act like it's um, it's not anything. It's just it it doesn't really require a personality. It doesn't take much. Um, um, you know, intelligence of the of the you know the mind. And um, I, I remember booking my first jobs and I was so excited thinking it was the coolest thing. But right. you realize it. I mean, there's there's so much more to life. And then I got into commercials and then commercials led me into acting. And the, the last of it, I didn't even get in. Like I said this, I didn't even get into singing until two years ago. And it was by off chance because I was doing an audition for a play out in New York. Um, the guy that I was auditioning with, he was playing the piano. He heard me sing and he was like, you, you don't do this. You don't you don't you're not going to try to, like, do more with this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Nah, not really like this. I mean, I just I'm just trying to get better, you know, but I'm not really trying to, you know, make anything. And honestly, I think in the back of my head, it would be like, hell, yeah, I'd love to. But <laughs> right. by nature, to be very blunt, like by nature, I am a shy person to do what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have seen myself doing because I never I mean, not that Miles would say, I did, but I would never be like, Miles, let me sing you a song. You know, that was never my thing. Like, you know, like I never like, you know, when people can sing like out here, if you can sing, they just show up and sing. That right. was never my thing. So um, that's, every- interesting, man. that's very interesting to say that you were shy and like you are in a forward facing career path. <laughs> and to yeah. say, that you, you know, and of course, there's different levels of being shy. Right. But that's interesting for you to say that you, you, you have a, a bit of shyness in you. <laughs> the reason why is this is because first two years out of college. I was doing sales and it was the one of them jobs where I'm, I'm telling you, I am a master BSer. And a, a lot of people out here like like sort you sort of are because you're only you only know as much as you know. And you're kind of it's not necessarily fake it till you make it because there's some practice that goes into it. But you kind of just got to throw it up. And I I hated sales. I hated sales because. Hold on. Now, was, that's my profession, yeah, man. Hold on. So, look, no, no, no. Listen, listen. EJ got I real was happy. Excited, <laughs> and then you just like, wah, wah. You like, kill me with it. I'm just sitting there like, oh, damn. No, no, no. It's because it was because I was doing sales that didn't. It's I'm selling myself now. It, my we sales had to do with staffing. And I couldn't. I couldn't. I was doing technical programming staffing. And I was having to talk to people about like. Uh, JavaScript and C sharp things that didn't make sense to me. And Mm -hmm. I was just, you know, I was a headhunter essentially. And I didn't know the job. I didn't understand it for whatever reason. It didn't click with me. And I was Mm -hmm. immensely like unhappy. And so I was like, all right, well, if this modeling thing is here, I had my boy who actually played at K state, Chris, um, he was out here doing, and I saw him make the transition from athletics into modeling. And so I hit him up and I don't know if he took me seriously, but I was like, yo, I'm thinking about coming out there modeling. He was like, all right, And like, really, that was it. Well, <laughs> where were you at the time, though, before you said you hit yeah. him up? Because like there's a there was a transition where you actually moved to L.A. So where were you at when you kind of hit him up? Well, I was here I, or I was in I was in Denver, like everything oh, was going okay. on in Denver. And I was I'm telling you, I was a lost soul just running the bars, like doing nothing. <laughs> and like I, I had I had this wonderful girlfriend of a long time. And like I just I let it all go because I was so unhappy. And I could not put like two and two together on what my like the purpose of my life was. And so I hit him up and then I was kind of literally just kind of like freelancing and like going on random trips to New York or wherever during that time, like lost. He hits me up one day and lets me know he has a room open at his place. And he's like, so if you want to do this. And I was like, "Ah, I think I'm going to move down to San Diego first since I've been there and I kind of know it. He's like, you're going to have to travel two hours for every audition you get. So. He convinced me to to come down, and it was kind of like this real world house. I remember, the, the first day, bro, it was six people, six people in the house, and one of the people at the time um, was I'm was. Sorry, uh, man, I just went to that Dave Chappelle episode, man. Like, <laughs> my bad. No, 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 no. Hey, and it, bro, the, the, one of the very, the, I literally thought Hollywood was gonna. I thought I was gonna live the dream when I the very first day. I was uh-huh. able to meet Drake. He was literally in my house because at the time he was dating one of the people in the house. And <laughs> I was like, this is this is what Hollywood is like. This is this is what it is. 
And um, that's not what it is. That there's a lot, more, <laughs> there's a lot more into it. So, but like I got into, I did, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't even book my first job out here for the first six months. So I'm talking about I was working in West Hollywood at a yogurt shop and in Abercrombie. Nobody okay. knows that was the most like embarrassing. The seashell necklace, the seashell necklace. No, no pukas. And the thing was, no, no pukas. <laughs> hey, you was out there slanging froyo. <laughs> Hey, it was the toughest time because I was like, I, I wanted to be able to tell everybody I made it. And I was like, uh -huh. like if they really knew what was going on. And I remember I had to go back in because that wasn't cutting the bills. So I had to go back into a sales job again. And so I took the job and I was working there and doing my thing. And I lied to them and I felt bad because they were like, are you still doing this? And I was like, no, that's that's kind of a thing. I remember I, 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 I called in sick because I booked my first commercial as an extra. I made okay. $300. I, for whatever reason, I'm a person, I'm not a good liar. So I think I told them the very next day what really happened. <laughs> and they fired me. And so I was, I was yeah. back out. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, I was back out of a job again. Damn. And then I was like, well, what do I do? Because what can I do? And that's when I got into more fitness. And so there was a, CrossFit was brand new at the time. Ah, I, I saw like, that. So you got into CrossFit. CrossFit, huh? You, you yeah, joined. Uh, that's the cult. Okay. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say I was part of the cult, and yeah. and during the time, like I had no, I, I mean, you know, y'all know, like a lot of what we do in training is pretty much you can you can stamp your name on it, but it's CrossFit in a lot of that sense, and so. Yeah. I had a lot of the background. I told him I know all the Olympic lifts. I said, I don't have my my, my certification like y'all need, but I have this. And I said, I'll sweep the floors. He said, look, we'll pay for your certification, but like we'll start you on a lower pay. And then I just worked my way up and eventually ended up managing that place and then bounced around from gym to gym. But like during that time, thank God, I don't know how, but I remember booking my first big job. It was like a uh, you know, one of them like four day shoots that netted me some cash finally, like some real bread. I'm like, my face was going to be everywhere. So I was so excited. But from there, like, my mom made it. Bro, hey, I was in, I was in supermarkets thinking I was doing it because I was eating a Tostito chip, bro. Like, it was, it was, <laughs> I, you know, and I, but like from there, it was like slowly booking things and getting things here and there. And I remember I booked my first commercial. That was the biggest thing. And I remember being so excited and then the commercial aired and you could literally see me for about a second. And I, re <laughs> I remember being so disheartened, but I've got the paychecks, which were great. And then yeah. I wanted to stunt, bought the cars, did all the stupid things that people do with money. Um, but then, you know, finally, you know, things settled back down and got into to, to really acting. And um, then, like I said, evolved into, uh, you know, more commercials and a couple of roles in film and TV here and there. And now, you know, it's all finally kind of, kind of coming together, but I'm still ascending and climbing the ranks of what it means to be, you know, out here and really doing it because I'm still, I am a small fish right now in a big pond, but um, you can only grow and do this thing. So it's kind of like school. You can only just kind of go through the motions and keep going better. No, that's what's up. definitely ascending, uh, you know, kind of backing up. CJ was always good people in college. So I kind of not, not stay connected. I'll do bad at staying connected, but I kind of, you know, through social media now you check can kind of you can kind of check in and yep. see what people are doing so i remember a little bit on facebook that i saw cj was taking off to la doing some some pictures or something so you know you can kind of get a vibe for some people going to la you're like ah whatever but i was like i was particularly interested in you because i was like oh you know he's a good dude he's solid so i hope that all works out for him that's kind of the last i kind of thought about it i was doing a job in minneapolis minnesota and it was I can't remember, but it was when Kevin Garnett came back to the Timberwolves. So uh, I was in a downtown Target Center. They have a gym. It's like their their stadium is set up like with Lifetime Fitness or something. It's like all in one, and you can see the the team practicing on the first floor, but the gym was on the third floor. Mm. So I remember coming down, going. I was peeking to see what Kevin Garnett was doing. <laughs> And then I went up to the gym to kind of get a better angle. And okay. I turned the corner and I see this ad and somebody's like with the nice little like, <laughs> like form. And I was like, yo, that dude looks familiar. And I turned back around. I didn't even see the rest of practice. I was like, it took me times, a couple times a glance. And I was like, that is CJ. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but you had the perfect form. 
<laughs> man, my guy made it. Let's like, go. Let's go. Like, he's literally. I, I can't remember who I called, but I called somebody from school. Like, <laughs> like yo, do you know who this? This is CJ. He's like in the gym, but not in the gym. Like he's made it, man. So like, you know, hearing the background part of it that you have to kind of work sales jobs and uh, you know stay in the real world house and all that kind of stuff, man. It's it's inspiring to me even now where I'm at in life, man, to kind of keep pushing. So definitely salute to you, man, for that for that grind. I appreciate that. And, and honestly, like I'll say this to to one of the more I don't think there's ever uh, a reason to do it for other people. But there is a sort of like heartwarming feeling when you get hit up from people from the past. Because, like I said, now, you know, I'll chop it up with you, like, you know, sh shoot you a little hundred sign on a picture every now and then, yeah. you know, um, to to actually stay connected with people and to, to for people to acknowledge the the hard work and I guess, you know, the perseverance that goes into this, it, it, it's it's probably one of the better feelings because there's never going to be a day where I ever feel career wise that it's ever enough because the, the, the hardest part is just like in athletics. The second you're done or the second you want to back off, someone is there to replace you. So, I have, you know, so I have to keep going because I already know the second that I, I can't go on a vacation for six months. I'm not at that Jamie Foxx level. So but it, it, it means a lot because um I know that there's a lot more opportunity still to come, but it is one of those things where you're every day you're kind of like in the sales job, EJ. Like you said, I'm 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 out there kind of hunting for what my next thing's gonna be, and it's it's kind of a it's a constant state of uh, you have to be mentally tough in this business, really mentally strong. Hundred percent, man. So, so that just talked about like you know your grind, like the real world house, you know, staying on top of things, making that move, continuously continuously betting on yourself. But let's talk about this other side, man, that makes you that complete person. And I think sometimes like when you reach those highs, it keeps you level. And I want to talk about, you know, what you do with um, Engage the Vision, man. I know I wanted to jump on that one and we could talk about some other stuff, but I, that really stood out to me, man. Sure. So if you could just tell our audience or explain to our audience what Engage the Vision is and, and what your role is with the with the organization. Man, so Engage the Vision is one of the programs that changed my life. Over the last year, it's been a little tougher with COVID to have interaction with the kids. But yeah. basically, Engage the Vision is a youth mentoring program that I've been involved with for the last five years. And it has changed my life in more ways than I ever thought it could. Um, well, because when I, yeah, when I when I started it, to be very, very honest, like I'll be an open book with y'all. Um, I was really depressed uh, because I had gone through a breakup and I just really things weren't popping off. Like there was no there was no work really happening. So I kind of just didn't feel good. One of my uh, friends had invited me. He was like, yo, you should come check this out. And day one, I step on scene and it was one of the realest presences I've ever felt like to be around pretty much third, fourth and fifth grade uh, men at the time or young kings, as we like to call them at the time. Um, every Friday we go down there and mentor them and basically teaching them everything from starting the, the, the lesson plan with meditation, then to, um, how you interact, how you show love, how you, uh, show compassion. I mean, all the, all the, you know, um, things that it takes to really be a man, the yes. things that are not actually ever talked about, especially as adolescents that we do not learn um that especially in that neighborhood that is not uh, as funded or shown as much love as a lot of the other schools um so, every I'm Friday, sorry, you go in the neighborhood what's the neighborhood and you say go down so is it like a boys and girls club you guys have your own facility so when you say go down to talk about the neighborhood i know it but to share with the audience yeah and, so uh the neighborhood that we're in thank you the neighborhood that we're in is in south la which is um, uh, compared to other neighborhoods, uh, not as, uh, you know, uh, well-funded as other neighborhoods. I just, I would never want to place a negative connotation because it's the amazing right. people there that exist. So there's nothing about less or anything, I guess, but it's just that they don't have a lot of the same opportunities. Right. And so, um, you know, it's a neighborhood where they don't have as many opportunities or access to things that can help them get to the next level. And that's where that's where it was. And it's uh, called Martin Luther King uh, uh, Jr. Elementary. That's where we've started. But ever since the program, the beautiful thing about this is the evolution of the program, because 
ever since then we've gone to uh, uh, another school and now we're in a place called the um, Watts Empowerment Center, getting ready to add on to the females program, the Young Queens program, which is going to be taking place now. But pretty much everything we do is trying to give them exposure to things that allow them to have access to other things like field trips or or getting, uh, you know, sometimes we'll have a speaker come in. Um, a lot of times it ends up being a celebrity, which is really cool because um, a lot of the kids, and this is every kid from anywhere, no matter what background, they see athletes and things like that, but we'll bring in doctors or somebody in, in sales or somebody, but somebody that's doing well that looks like them so they know they can aspire to be something else other than just what they see because we all know this as we're sitting here. The numbers don't play in our favors. It just doesn't work like that, sadly. Everybody wants to be at the highest level, but it doesn't play like that. So you have to have something. And to be quite honest, for me, I think my life has been so much more fulfilling because I've had to broaden my experiences and things I'm exposed to. So I want to give those kids the same opportunities because my childhood, I grew up with a very loving family. So it's really all I know. I can't fake like I came from something I didn't. I didn't come from like the streets. I did not come from anything hard. I grew up from a biracial family where my, my, my father is black, my mother is white, and they love each other. And that's all I've ever seen and known. And that's all I can give to these kids. So a lot of us mentors, we just come in there to give them and show them love. That's really all we're there for. There's a lot of things that fall into those branches of how we show it to them. But really, the main emphasis is love. And so that's that's what Engage the uh, Vision is. But it's 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 a program where if you go to engagethevision.org, uh, just a quick little plug on that, you can really yeah. see the breakdown. But right now, I am the uh, I run the donor relations. So pretty much any um you know, anything that comes in for, uh, you know, wanting to work with us, that's kind of what I do and facilitate. But relation, that's that's sales. Yeah. Hey, hey, see, see, hey, but see, this is the thing. This is why I told you I wasn't hating on sales. It was the fact that if it had to be, it had to be in something I loved, you know, it was yeah, passion really, for it. Absolutely. absolutely yeah. Man. Yeah. So no, but engage the vision. Honestly, that's one of the things that then engage the vision. And I don't want to put, but that's one of the things that, that put me onto another organization I'm involved with. It's just crazy how the world works where I work with one organization that leads me to another, but they're both in the same frame of helping me to, to work with the community. Uh huh. I just, I just, honestly, for me, I just really like, that's something that I've known. My mom worked in, um, the, the health field for 40 years. She worked at Denver Health Medical Center. She was in audiology, but predominantly a brown community, really nothing, not like black brown, or, or white, but it was a brown community. So, um, you know, seeing that and going down to see her all the time and be with them and seeing what she did, like a life of service is just what I know. And it's that quite what I grew up with. So, yeah. Go. Well, we did have that screaming and we'll also put that in the show notes, but um, really quick, like 10 seconds because we want to jump into quick hits. But what is the major need for that organization right now? Like, is it mentors? Is it like facilities? Is it money? Like, what's the major kind of need for the for that organization? It's what everything revolves around in this world. Sadly, it's the finances. Um, it's always we can always use the donations because um, grants from the state, they can go somewhere. But the more the more and this is the part where it's just sad, but true, the more financial uh, means you have the the more access you have to other things. So whether that being granting them field trips, school supplies, um, the things that they don't get, we sometimes just provide them with toys and shit because they don't get that stuff. And because they, their parents, I'm not saying like I know their parents, but they don't have the extra means to give those things to them because of everything that this, what is systemic racism is a thing. And I'm not I'm not going to lie about that. And this is it's right. never more apparent than when I go down there and see why I come over here. I, I'm living in Sherman Oaks, but every time I go over there, I know distinctly when I cross a line, what the sidewalks look like, how the streets are paved, everything that that is, it's ridiculous. The, the, it's discrimination. But yes, finances to be, to be, I get, I get on a tangent, but finances would be. A, Love a passion, family. That's what you're supposed to do, man. You're supposed to do. Well, Hey, MH man, go ahead and hit him with them quick hits. Uh, CJ, first time, if ever, uh, that you were starstruck and you a star. So I'm not going to disrespect you, but the mirror. No, um, let me see. Uh, let's see. Uh, starstruck first time. God dang. Um, God. wasn't Drake. <laughs> Shit. No, I mean, yeah, but like, it was really weird. Cause I was eating a Chipotle burrito and he walked in the house. <laughs> and I felt like an idiot. So I couldn't really be star starstruck. I had to be like, 
You had to roll with like, what's up, nigga? I drove into town, so I was probably wearing my PJs. It was not like, who was the person I was starstruck by? Let me just think real quick. Um, man, I'll be honest with you. I'm not even trying to like front. Like, I think I'm, I don't get starstruck. So I don't think there's anybody that I've been around. Like I would probably be a politician or some world leader that, that, that's done like something to help people. I get it. That's, I, a, that's a terrible I, answer, but it's real. No, I, I, it is what I mean, it is. It's real. It's quick hits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me your Mount Rushmore, or I guess we can just say top three, uh, actors, I guess in the game right now. Forever and always, one will be Denzel. Um, I would say probably, oof, uh, I, Brad Pitt's definitely one to me because he's someone I kind of aspire to. Like you know, he I see roles that he plays, and then um, uh, who's another one? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is a real a one I really appreciate because he could be funny, but he can be deadly serious. Okay, okay. that's a good top okay. three. I roll with that. I do. I can roll with that too. Uh, somebody that you would like to collab with, music wise. Mm. Um, let's say her. Yo. Yeah, I'm going to see her in concert, so that's the, I'm going to try to sing and see if she can hear me from the, the from the back. <laughs> Hey, hey, drop the demo. Her music, and she's so talented, and she plays so many instruments, man. Like she's she's so gifted. Okay, uh, and uh, you might not have to say this, man. So, uh, kind of your favorite, uh, back to your modeling days. Kind of your favorite ad that you got to participate in, or that you modeled for. Favorite modeling job? Dang, probably something like I'm not gonna lie. Like it was, I know it. It was called the. Uh, it's called Lifetime Fitness, and the reason why. It's shallow, but at the time, I just remember thinking it was so cool. I was on this. My boy sent me a picture of me out in Houston on a like a little legit the full side of the building with my shirt off. No, and I was like, man, thank no. God I was in shape, man. I just remember, like, I, I don't know, I don't know how it happened. It was perfect timing, but the abs had never been better, and so I was so <laughs> I was so grateful because I knew everybody saw that, and I knew like. I, I think it was one of those like for every girl that like thought I wasn't gonna make it, I was like, look at me now. I love it, <laughs> and I'm not gonna get into it. I, that's that's my quick hits, man. But I gotta I gotta take a pause on, on this right quick. Take <laughs> pause because I got one too. So um, I I had I had a thing in college called Lifetime Fridays. Man. Okay, Lifetime Fridays, and that's what I I would. This is not a good example, but I would <laughs> I would stop. I didn't I didn't go to class on Fridays. Oh wow, personal would, personal day, self care day, self care day. You were you were in advance. You were before the game. Lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would I like lifetime movies. I I, I legitimately oh, like lifetime movies. So I mean they're two hours of great, I'm telling you, it's the two hours of great cinema to me. CJ, so. really? Hey, CJ, no, no, no. I, I saw, saw you in a you lifetime movie recently, man. No, no, no. I'm surprised that you said that because you won't have many men fess up to that. Yeah, and and they're movies. No, I, I, I've, been, I've been doing it for a while. It's over 12 years now. <laughs> DJ, are you the same or no? What's up? Are you the same or no? You you've seen some lifetime? No, movies? Yeah, I've seen a lifetime movie. Like I grew up yeah, with. He's, shrug- he's shrugging his shoulders like that. He probably watched a, a couple of them. Hey, I could, let me I, tell you, like, I, lifetime I, movies are all the same. No, <laughs> Except it's just a different holiday. CJ, CJ. It's like no, no, Christmas, CJ. Easter. <laughs> CJ, educate my boy EJ on this, man. Let me tell you the intricacies of a lifetime movie. There is I a love story. Movie. Obviously, there's a love I wish story. I, had, I wish I had a hundred bucks for every time we said intricacies <laughs> on this show today. Hey, because hey, there's the hey, there's subtleties, bro. And hey, okay. model, there'll, be, like there'll be a murder, there'll be a murder, okay. or there's a love story. Really, it's one or the other, but. I was I was fortunate enough. To, uh, That's exactly what I just said. Just change the holidays nah, of man. when the murder or when the love story happens. Continue, man. Continue. I'm sorry. No, give, give. no. Um, I think I, uh, so. Just so just so it's clear, my my wife was word murdered in my my lifetime movie, and <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, <laughs> just, yeah, hey, and the, the title. Uh, I don't know how that it was a working title when it first filmed, but I promise you, this wasn't oh, the boy. title. But it's called Revenge for Daddy. And uh, I remember, I remember, uh, like when it finally came out because it had been like a year, and we were all like, "When's this?" I think it aired during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I just remember like that wasn't the title. It was like uh, "Looking for Mister Wonderful" or something was the first <laughs> title. 
And uh, when it came out, I was like, I because all I could think was like, I can't wait to drop this on everybody. And yeah. then it was like, yo, check me out in Revenge for Daddy. And I was like, Damn. <laughs> and I like I said, hey, I saw that on your IMDb. So I'm glad that's what it was. Because when I saw that, I was like, man, she done slipped into <laughs> some, some, some other ish. You know I mean? Whoa. No <laughs> no judgment. Everybody, they were like, "What kind of movies are you doing now, CJ?" And I was like, "I swear to God, it's not what you think, y'all. If you can just give it a chance, I swear, this is good cinema." No, uh, hey, hey, I tell you this, Miles, good cinema. That movie, I, I actually was watching it. Like, I knew the script, I knew what was happening, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is cliffhangers, good. huh? Cliffhangers, yeah. how'd you? All right, we got to get back on track, yeah. please. All right, so you're done with quick hits, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got one more. I need to get quick because I want to make sure we spend time in the winner's circle. So who do you think is or who would you give the best um, or what athlete made the best transition from sports to entertainment, in your opinion? I would say, I mean, I, I think it's undoubtedly because I don't know if you call this a sport or not, but by the time he had done it, because he did play college football, but th there's mm -hmm. no one like Dwayne Johnson right now. Yep, yep. He is nope. literally, um, and I don't care if they shove him down your throat because a real thing I realize is people can hate on you, but they, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the same thing. You place him anywhere, but there's no one that that's doing it like the rock right now. He is literally everywhere on everything and attached to everything. So I can't really think of anybody that's greater than him. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right, at LeBron. <laughs> hey, hold on, man. Yeah, we we will talk about. Yeah, that we will jam, talk. So we don't have a space jam. I don't know. Okay. We should do a live jam. We should do a live show. <laughs> no, see, CJ, you don't see, even. I'll, yeah, you don't have to comment on that, but okay. I will. Listen. Oh, all right. <laughs> Focus, fellas. <laughs> Let's jump into the winner's circle. Okay. So we're bringing it home, right? We 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 went through everything, and, and now we want to talk about the winner's circle. It's just really what you're really putting your heart and soul in, and just. You know, now it's the singing career, man. And you've you've done all the things we talked about triple threat. So um it's awesome that to hear you say when Miles asked you where the love come from, you talked about dad was the one to put the ball of the bat in your hand. And then you also give kudos to your father, Carl, was your influence of why you started singing. So just tell us about like the early entrances of it and you know, um how has that transition been? You know, um I grew up, uh, I, the thing I most remember is like taking eight hour car trips to Kansas to go see my family and go see my grandma and listening to like everything Motown, like everything Motown, but you know, to Anita Baker, to, to Michael Bolton, people hate on Michael. Michael can sing. If you listen to Michael Bolton, but like everything from, you know, Sam Cooke to, you know, Stevie Wonder was a big influence. I'm um, like my, one of my first CDs he ever got me was like the two CD cassette of Stevie Wonder's greatest hits. Um, but my, my grandfather actually, like he was in a quartet. I just posted something about that, but he was in a quartet, like my grandfather who I never met, but he was a pastor in a church. So, and you know, church singing is completely different. Like it's a, it's a whole nother beast and I'll never, I'll never claim to aid. Hey, you see some real singers there. Um, but it, it's always been in the family and my dad has always been a singer and a performer. Um, but it, it was one of the, and my sister, she was in musicals in high school. Like my sister can sing. My mom cannot. She cannot. <laughs> uh, but um, it's literally something that was just in the blood. And for me, the coolest part is, um, and I, I hope anybody that understands my career is just beginning. I'm just the, I'm just now, I'm two years into this. And all the music that is now getting released was literally made within a six month span. So I really didn't know who I was even vocally then or who, I, what kind of music I wanted to make. And I'm now just finding that like in my, my heart and my soul on what yeah. I want to say and what I want to speak about. So the music that I'm working on now, it's like, you're watching the story unfold in real time. It's not like anything else I've ever done. It's literally as it's happening. So my music is, it lives in me. And it's the, the best part about music is it's not like acting where you have to put on some it comes from the soul and my stuff isn't like I'm really not one of those people that has to put on a front or I don't I don't wear things to do things. I just I just go out there and sing and I built what I got. And that's kind of where where I'm at in my career. And I'm just on, I'm, to me. And, and I, I think everybody can say this if you're thinking of yourself as an evolving human. I'm just getting started. I'm only getting better with each track I do. So I'm you know, for your question, I'm just getting started. It's evolving right now as you're seeing it in real time. I'm always super impressed uh, by artists, just just the, the creativity uh, of putting together the art form. 
where do you get your inspiration from when you sit down, write a song or perform a song and, and put it all together? How, how do you where do you get that inspiration? What, what's the creative part of that? Um, one of one of my producers and writing partners I work with, Mark, he's a big uh, side of that. He's the one that uh, Mark Rodriguez, he's the one that I worked with. Shout outs to him and my, my guy, Arif Alahi. They're the ones I, I, I mainly work with. Um, it usually starts at the piano, literally playing something and I catch a melody in my head. And sometimes the words are already there. He might have a top line for me or something. But a lot of times we're just really kind of exploring and it's like no 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 stay with that right there like the the my first single ever was uh the song called throne and i the first lines are i'm sitting in my chair one day to become a throne and i thought it was i i remember because i had never been a writer i'd never written music and i was like oh that's stupid that's cheesy he's like no what did you just say right there say that but put it with the melody Man. And the very first long line of the very first song I ever released, very first music video was, but like my process, I don't really go in with anything targeted. I think that if, for me, the more I focus on trying to write something, the harder it is because I'm, I get too dialed in. The more expansive I stay and try to stay open to things, it ends up working out a lot better for me. But my writing style and a lot of my melodies tend to be from like the the fifties and the sixties. Like, right. like I, my, my motto was, old school sound, new school vibe. Like I, I try to, you know, I, I try to, you know, I try to feel something from what would Sam Cooke's so song sound like? Because I love that music because I love music today, but there's something about there's timeless music. The reason why those cats still know that is because it's timeless. I want to make timeless music. I don't care if it hits right now on the charts or whatever, because I know I'm making good music. And eventually if you make enough good music, the fan will be, the fans will be there. So I'm just trying to make that kind of music. So you talked about that. And that was one of my questions, right? Because it's your opening statement on your website. When you come in, it's like, you know, old school vibe with, um, you know, new school. And I'll probably mess that up. But either way, um, what is that you're saying also that you want all the genres just kind of meld in, like to where we're not talking about it's pop, it's gospel, it's hip hop, it's country. We're talking about it's good music. So how do you go through, you know, keeping that energy and pumping that energy out? It's hard because uh, I would say I would say that, that this is the thing about music these days is because everybody wants to put it into a, a, a frame. And the yeah. hardest thing is, is I say uh, it's kind of pop soul. Right. If I was to find any genre. But I mean, I, I, I covered landslide and it kind of sounds a little bit more like folk song, but like I still have the soul of my voice in it. You know, and I might make something that sounds a little bit more. Um, you know, definitely pop or, you know, like with a, I did a duet with somebody that's a little bit more pop. But ultimately, like all I know is my voice brings soul out of it. That's all I work on. And that's but everybody when you when you submit your songs into the playlists and everything, you have to give genres because that's how, you know, music fans find that. But for me, God, just making good music, that's all I want to do. And I know that sounds so generic, but it's it's very true, man. Like that's all I focus on is not not what genre this fits in, but where how is this gonna sound and make make people feel? Let's go. Man, I, hey. I I'm <laughs> <laughs> my boy, man. You 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 speaking to me, man. I, and I I always try to bring things a little bit because that's my background, athletics, right? And I think all of us kind of share that background. Right. Um, and I think one thing that we get from athletics is process. And what I'm kind of hearing from you is like, you're not a finished product, right? You don't, you know, you're not waiting, you know, you're not looking up into Excel and you're, you're, you're a process guy all the way through and through, man. Would you, would you credit some of that to, to athletics or would you just credit that to your upbringing? What, what, what's your process? Upbringing? Yes, because I am, there is a certain discipline, but athletics, absolutely. Because I mean, maybe it's a secret to, to, to the, the higher ups, but I have a vocal coach I see twice a week. Um, I am not done growing vocally. Like for me, I practice every day on my vocals. I do my scales every single day. I'm never done growing as a, as a vocalist too. There are notes that I probably can't hit now. There are runs that I can't do, but right. I can guarantee you on my next album, I will be doing those things. And, you know, it's not it's not for the fact because I still aspire just like any athlete you see, any great athlete you see. Every athlete's like I, I admire that about his game. I admire everybody I see. And I'm like, I want to do those things. Well, how do you do that? You continue to practice just like this. My footwork at one point was terrible, I'm sure. But how did I get my footwork on point? Well, it's because I went out there when no one else was out there and I continued to do it, you know, and. 
Um, the great thing about this, though, is it, it's a little bit easier on your body, obviously. You know, I got I, I to keep my voice in check from time to time. I, you know, I might, you know, you know, some of that green tea or something like that to keep. Yeah, going. you know, I might drink a little bit more tea. But and honestly, that's one of the things is you really have to be more. You have to be careful of how you're taking care of your body, just like an athlete. Um, I'm a person who, um, you know, I have my um, my vices. And I had to get rid of some of those vices because they weren't helpful to my voice because wow. um, the, 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 it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't helping. It wasn't adding to what I could do. And so I had to do that, especially going back into live performances. Now, you know, if I reach that level where I feel like I'm unstoppable, I might, you know, get back to some of those things, but you have to take care of your body at the, the, the best level or you'll have, you'll start to break down. It's just, it's the engine. Man, so I want to jump because the time is just fun. man. We're just having too much fun with this, man. I want to jump into some of these questions because I want to get them out. Um, so we'll do a little quicker kind of version, yeah. of these, and then we'll jump into some longer format stuff. But is there a dream venue that you want to perform or event? Like, you know, is it like the Olympics, the Super Bowl, the Garden? You know, a lot of people say the Garden or a certain event that you want to perform in. Man, um, I would say an event that I, I would love to do the national anthem at the Super Bowl. That would be one that would mean a lot to me. So you just hit two of my questions. So I said, so would you sing, sing the national anthem and how do you feel about that? And then lastly, do you know the black national anthem? Man, no, hey, I'm not even gonna front. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna front. No, you're the first verse, like everybody else, right? Hey, I'm gonna go to number two first, so I can backtrack to number one. It's that um, my my relationship with America right now is the way I see America is that um, the, the the freedoms that most of us st still have and st can still enjoy are, are 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 like some of that which none of the other none of the other countries can speak to. But the the discrepancies and disparities between races in this country and things uh, of that sort will be something I will always speak to. Um, and I was Miles knows this. I was very vocal at one point. But I also know this, that I need to make more friends than I do enemies for the fact of I can never I can never meet somebody if I say you're racist and there's no other thing past that. How am I going to get them to see me as somebody that they see as their equal or something? I need to work towards that. So uh, this is why what's great. By the time I'm singing that national anthem, the platform that I have, everybody everybody will understand who's singing the national anthem and what I represent because they'll know that I understand both sides of this flag, both sides of the side that is for us and the side that is largely against us in many ways still today. And I will I will speak to that till the day I die, because this point, Blake, by the time I die, America will not be equal. But if it's anything less than equal, it's not right. And that comes to women's rights and it comes to people with disabilities or sexual orientations. People will understand me as an artist and what I represent and what I'm singing this for and who I'm singing it for. Let's go, man. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So another quick one. Um, Tribe called Quest. Rule uh, 4080, uh, industry people are shady, man. So have you run into some like shady situations as far as the music industry? And are you independent or finding your label path? Uh, I can't speak to names, but I have run into shady people. Um, and um, the ultimate goal would be this year. M one of my goals by the end of this year is to release an album. Things take time in this business. But um, and with live performances, yes, the, the goal is to get signed to a label. Um, in due time and God willing. There you go. All right. So I want to get through those because I thought those were important, man. I thank you for sharing like that both sides of the fly. Yeah. So now, so you do sing, but you have a band, right? So I wanted to know, like, how'd you form that band? And I saw TTD from Ballers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yo. I saw TTD, but you have like a great ensemble. Yeah, you like that word? You had a great ensemble <laughs> of people, right? You have former actors, people that are Grammy nominees. So just talk to us about, you know, how your band got formed. My band, I can thank all to Mark Rodriguez, who's been in the game for a long time. He's he's li he's literally looks like he's about 25, but he's been in the game for a while. Um, he was the one that uh, put my band together. How, how he like knows these people is unbeknownst to me. It's just the years that he's put in, but... Um, like you said, Carl McDowell, which is honestly one of the nicest, coolest people that you could ever run across. My boy, Matt uh, Boer, who's out in uh, uh, Nashville now. 
Chris, Chris Vincent, who's like, I'm, I'm telling you, like uh, Andrew Jocelyn, um, I, I, wh whoever I'm forgetting the name right now. I know I'm forgetting some people, but um, I literally have one of the greatest bands or if not that Mark knows someone I can call on at any point, anytime, anywhere because of his connections. But my my bandmates have always been there for me, whether it be, um, you know, what we're what we're working on for a track, or whatever. We always have people at the ready because of Mark. Awesome. So um, one thing that I wanted to touch on as well as the pandemic. Uh, and obviously we're still through it, but uh, I think you made a whole lot of strides in career wise and personal and everything like that during the pandemic. So while we were slowed down, what are some things that you learned about yourself and how you apply those uh, today? Brother, uh, pandemic showed me a lot, both about the, the circle I carry and the people I keep next to me and about myself. Uh, I gained a greater voice. I think being mixed, a lot of times you have a hard time finding your voice in the sense of, am I black enough to say this or am I black enough to speak on this? And like, you know, forget all that noise. I am who I am. I have the parents I have. I was raised how I was. And I'm going to speak on the things that I need to speak to because at the end of the day, it's just about humanity. Um, but I was able to gain my voice um, in many ways. And then uh, I was able to uh, career wise have some major things. Like, like I said, the, the movie came out then. And then I played a big uh, uh, music festival with a like tremendous artists, you know, uh, Blake Shelton, Dave Matthews, uh, um, a, a bunch of other people that that really gave me the self-confidence. If you don't have self-confidence in this business, it will destroy you. And a lot of the time I was walking around like a chicken with my head cut off. So I have that now. And that's what I'm taking with me from that on forward. I love it, man. I'm a Blake Shelton fan. Shout out to Blake Shelton. <laughs> hey, shout out to him if he wants me on the track, too. Yeah. There you go. Out. There you go. You just need to hit Nashville and play. Yeah. All right. So uh, uh, we were talking before the show. Miles has a, a, has a song that he likes, man. And it's uh, it, it's coming into pl getting played to his household, man. Yeah, man. Go ahead. Go ahead and play that, man. I, I think I told CJ about this one. Oh. He said, oh, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the song before you drop, man. Oh, man. So this is a song called Home. And uh, for me, this is a special song because it's literally from the heart again. Like every lyric in this is literally about like, I mean, people might see this about a relationship with a, a, a significant other, but it's anything that brings you close to what makes you feel most at heart, most at home, most with your God. Whoever that God is, whatever brings you to that, that's Home, I want you to take me home. I feel when I'm with you. Home, I want you to right now. So I just, I didn't go this close. That boy, good. No, <laughs> oh, man, this, I, I swear it, bro. Um, to me, that's, that's why I'm on the album cover. I put my family because to me, that is home. Um, each each uh, letter of that was on everybody's, you know, like over their center mass, because to me, your center mass. And I know y'all, you know, both the family like it, it. It means a lot to me. So that's where that song resides to me, because to me, I was singing about God and things bigger than. Um, so it might be like a song where you could be close to someone and and get it on or whatever. But that's definitely where it came from. Yeah. So Maya be bumping that, huh? Yeah, that's 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 my little baby song. She liked that song. We vibe together on that song. That's my little baby song. That's what means a lot to me, bro. For real, I mean that. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I told you, I, I sent you a message, man. That 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 was my song and my little baby vibes to that. We we got to kind of keep it. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> to a limit because I don't want another little baby right now. To your point. So, <laughs> so we, we we play, but no, nah, no, nah, man, it's it's love, man, and I I'm a fan of your work, and I'll continue to be a fan and supportive of your work, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm cheering for you, bro. I'm rooting for you. I appreciate it, y'all, for real. That means a lot to me, and um, I I I just like I said, just from from me to you personally, like really though, the 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 the, the support means a lot because it can get really really hard out here so to to get those words of affirmation means a lot brother so thank you yes, um so i know you said the goal is to drop an album when are you looking to drop that new album 
Man, um, I actually just talked to the team about this. Um, I would like to release it by end of year. Probably it would be the no November, December. There's um, there there's tracks that are already ready. I'm talking about I've had some of these tracks because of pandemic. It's just taken everything and pushed it back so far that right. I've had some of these things ready to go go off for a while. So I'm just saving them for the album now. But that's that's the goal is to really get this stuff out by the the um, end of the year. So I would say be on the look for November or December. Okay, awesome, man. Well, look, man, we we definitely want to go over because we didn't want to cut just so much great oh, stuff. And we thank yeah, you for man. jumping. I talk over. too much too, but y'all. No, no, agree. no, 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 oh, no. You talk. You, you you came passionate and you, and you delivered. You dropped some gems, and this is the part of the show where you actually get to put a stamp on it. So we like to call this part the assist, right? So everything we do is some kind of sporting tie. So we call this the assist, where you get to give your coaching gem, right? So it is maybe a words, a philosophy, a quote, or something you live by, or something you wish you would have told your younger self that you can share with the audience. So give us a quick um, quote or words you live by. Man, oh boy, words to live by. For me, I would probably say one word, it's just be relentless. Um, and it, it, in that, with that, like for me, it's that tenacity that goes along with it while remaining humble. Any athlete I truly respect, there's also that 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 thing behind them, the humility behind them that lets them know that they understand that their gift is their gift and nothing more and nothing less. And to have that platform and use it. So for me, it's just being relentless with it and always to remain humble. Like, I mean, that's go hard and stay humble. That's that's my big thing, bro. Let's go. Love it, man. So um, it's your name on every platform, but we do have scrolling. We'll put it in the, sh in the show notes that, you know, they can go to uh, your website and find all the music. But you're on dang near every platform. So it's not hard for the people to find you to get to you. We tried <laughs> to simplify it. CJ Hammond music abroad. Like it's really, Absolutely. you know. All right, man. So thank you again, man. Maj, you got anything else, man? Good, man. I appreciate you, CJ. No, we definitely appreciate you. Uh, and and want to thank our guests again and also the people for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Please reach out and connect. Um, and, you know, if you would like to become a sponsor of the show, please, please just reach out. Also, um, YouTube, please subscribe because visual representation matters. You know, you have to see it to, to believe it and achieve it. And just know, please stay safe, practice gratitude, and know that we are rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. 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 Look. Assuming yeah. I'm rooting for everybody that's black Smack bouts and racks on handmade new rags Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and battle